friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, balling up, calling entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Man City 1-0 over Arsenal. Just on the network, top of the table, goes down. Second place, City, looking good in that one. Uh, still play twice in the league, so we'll figure that out. But fourth round, FA Cup, love, peace, and hair grease, apparently, to Arsenal. I can't, I'm going to play so much FIFA this weekend. It just got me in the mood. <laughs> uh, we've got games the all wait. over the network all weekend long. Can't if wait. you are in the mood, Jesse, yeah. uh, I guess that that's the marquee game for the entire week, and that's why we saw it today. Uh, Brighton-Liverpool Sunday morning, at least on this side of the pond. Uh, Wrexham, Jesse, is back taking on uh, the team of our producer, Thomas Dobby. Sheffield United, Sheffield United. against... Wrexham AFC, does Wrexham have a shot to go through to a fifth round of the FA Cup? And if they do, do the ratings of Welcome to Wrexham just shoot through the roof and piss off aforementioned producer Thomas well, I wonder, I don't know if you're in the same, but obviously we're following Wrexham a little bit because they're on the network, but I'd be curious to know how many people just want to wait until the documentary or, yeah, until the show. No, they've been on ESPN. Like, they're, they're getting... They're punching way above their weight mm-hmm. on television because mm-hmm. of the documentary. Like, remarkably above their weight because of... They were on ESPN in the U.S. They got the, they got the prime feed last week. I have an idea. Why don't we make a, a documentary about this, this show? We'll put it on a platform, and then, boom, everyone will just watch. <laughs> is that, is that, yeah, that's clearly well, what happens. I don't know if it's working for the ATP. <laughs> <laughs> it might. I don't know if it's it working for, too early to tell. for tennis it's too right early now. To tell. Uh, they're on BBC this weekend. They got the BBC draw this weekend. That's, like, that's insanity. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, either way, it's time for Tim and Friends. Uh, today, that includes Jesse Rubinoff, as it always Hi. does. Dave Burleson, Anthony Stewart. We've got to get someone to do the documentary on us. Yeah. We have, we <laughs> oh, have Sebastian. Sebby's here. Right. Shan's here. Yeah. Thomas Dobby, producer. Jason. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, I guess they, Who, I think they, can, they can help also. Who's going to yeah. work on this show, though? What do you mean? It could be it's part of it. Someone will film while we're on. Like I did that like a couple weeks ago when, when I was filming you during the intro. We'll just have like a real camera. All right, at Tim cell phone. At Tim Friends. If we did a documentary, who should be the voice of the documentary? Well, that's just a, that's just a dumb question. You know everyone's going to say you. You you No, 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 no. I'm talking you, about You you're like, like I'm talking about You're a voice actor, you're not no, even a voice I'm actor. I'm talking about like the world. I don't have a I have a I have a decent voice for Canadian sports television. I'm talking about like the James Earl Jones kind of voice, right? Like the Neil le- deGrasse Tyson. Neil, is Neil deGrasse Tyson in that in that group? Yeah, like he's you a go, good narrator you go voice. James Earl Jones. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, okay. probably is okay. is the yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. David Attenborough. Yeah, David Attenborough. Oh, that would add some class to this organization, <laughs> be, without yeah, a doubt. That would be very strange. Yeah. Anthony that Stewart, really Sean weird. McKenzie, Dan Murphy, uh, all dropping by as we get you set for another special Friday edition of Hockey Night in Canada. Friday edition, Hockey Night in Canada. Ron McClain and the Hockey Night crew will follow us at 6.30 Eastern time with the Leafs and Sens from Scotiabank Arena. Sorry, I was talking. I didn't hear you. No, I just said, can't you tell that it's Friday? We're talking about who would narrate the documentary of Tim oh, and right. Friends. <laughs> yeah. David little, Attenborough. We get a little giddy on Fridays. Yeah, why uh, not? Toronto begins life without Austin Matthews on a Friday night edition of Hockey Night in Canada. 
We will explain why Austin Matthews is out of the lineup, and we'll tell you what it means to a Buds team in the top three in the National Hockey League as we speak at this very moment in time. I just watched the Bulls beat the Bruins in Tampa. Like I was this, wrong. I was very wrong. This yesterday. is going no. This, that was a coin flip. You said it was a coin flip. I'm completely okay with it. Humble you said time. I'll take the team that is 38, five and four, or whatever yeah. the hell they were going into yeah. that game. Now six. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I understand why you took them, but you did preface it all by saying this is a coin flip. Yes. Uh, Flames and Canucks also in action on the Sportsnet family of channels tonight. Calgary looking to bounce back from a tough loss to Chicago. They did that last night. We'll break it all down. First things first. Also tonight, Toronto Raptors visiting the Golden State Warriors. Four years later, Jesse. Four years later. What a night in Oakland. Raptors up one. 9.6 seconds to go. Iguodala throws it to Green, who catches it. Back to Curry, puts up a three. Won't go. Falls to loose. They dive on it, try and call time. So it's a technical foul. Canada, the NBA title is yours. The Toronto Raptors are the 2019 NBA champions. We wanted to win in Toronto, and we were born in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, Canada, we brought it home, baby. We brought it home. Your 2019 NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. A city, a province, a country celebrates the NBA championship is due north. Smitty at the end. Why does four years ago feel like 54 years ago? Literally. Oh, my goodness. Tough, tough watch, honestly. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's most, I said let's play that for the audience yeah. because it'll bring back great memories. Yeah. And you just said that's a tough watch. Feels like it's my childhood. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sebi, are you with us? Oh. Does that feel like 54 years ago? It feels, yeah. <laughs> it feels like a long time Man. ago. Yeah. yeah, COVID may have something to do with that. Yeah, things have changed a lot since that time. <sighs> what a difference four years <laughs> makes, though, for both of those teams. Uh, all that plus we is after championship weekend in the National Football League. And even though I know they played one more game this year, these are some pretty damn good matchups. In fact, it's the first time that the final four teams have 14 or more wins apiece mm-hmm. heading into the conference championships. Nate Dog, Nate Burleson, will join us coming up in mere moments from now, and we'll introduce you to the dimensions, the new dimensions. Very cool. At the Rogers Center as the Renos begin to take shape. Always trying to go deep. This is Tim and Friends on a Friday, and we start with what everyone is talking about in First Things First. So let's start the bit, Ernie Witt. Digging in the bag this week. Tim's in his bag. Let's hope so. It is a Friday. All right. Uh, let's, 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 no, you're not. That was, that was an electric intro there. All right, uh, right. Let's, let's uh, begin with the Sens and Leafs. We're coming up on another Friday edition of Hockey Night in Canada. But the big news in Toronto is what Tim mentioned, and that is Austin Matthews is expected to be out at least three weeks for the knee sprain. The team said it happened in Wednesday's overtime win against the Rangers. I was there. I didn't see it. Is it an eagle eye? Here's what they had to say about it. I'm not, not certain what specifically, you know, whether there was one specific incident or anything like that. I noticed him in a little discomfort a couple times through the game, but didn't, didn't think much of it at the time. But he, you know, was still sore the next day, so 
we brought him for an MRI and uh, there's an injury there, so take some time. Obviously, there's big uh, shoes to fill, um, but you know I think we have a lot of skill and talent throughout our lineup that can you know, obviously not fully uh, take those shoes on, but um, you know can do a very good job at it. And I think Bergie's going to do a great job at it. Um, it's a player that I really think has really grown and became a, a stud for us. Really, I'm um, just watching him, so I'm excited to see how he does in this new role. Stud, fun is over. Bergie, just like that, scores, yeah. scores last game, and he's a stud now. Uh, what does this mean? He scored a couple times. Yeah, don't, no. don't be I'm not, bel- I'm not belittling it. I'm just, you know. Of Pontus Holmberg yeah. playing on an all-Swedish second line, apparently. We'll see if they're all Swedish and no finish, but I got a feeling <laughs> nice. they might have some finish. You wanted Jesse. to get that in, did you? We, we will see. I didn't yeah, want to get yeah. that in there. All right, so listen, I know that you and I had the conversation about load management arriving mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League when it came to Austin Matthews, I guess a couple of weeks ago yeah, now. Yeah. And even my, my distinguished... Former co-host Sid Sixero suggested that perhaps the rest would be good for Austin Matthews, given what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs this year and in that division. But as I watched Tampa beat Boston at home last night, maybe this home ice means something. Hear me out on this. Tampa Bay Lightning are now 19-4-1 at home this year. The Toronto Maple Leafs are 19-3-4 at home this year. The top three teams in the league at home this year <laughs> call the Atlantic Division oh. home. Bruins, Maple Leafs, Lightning. They're the top three of the top five teams by points percentage this year. Maybe this home ice, after all, means a little something, Jesse Rubinoff. Yeah, and you think that not having Matthews, obviously, despite the fact that they have been somehow better without him in the lineup since the beginning of his career, that will loom large in this battle for home ice advantage because we know who they're playing. We know that they're playing the Lightning, and this is just now a sort of a marathon to the finish, even yeah, though we know who Boston they're playing. Unless Boston goes on a ridiculous run of yeah. losses, no one is catching them. But as you mentioned, uh, and I don't, I don't think people may know this, they have a better points percentage without Austin Matthews in the lineup than with him, and the sample size is 49 games. Like yeah. This isn't just like four or five games where you'd say, okay, this means absolutely nothing. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I was just going to ask you what it meant. But 49 games <laughs> yeah. is not a small sample size. Did you see, did you see the numbers goals against a game? Because obviously the goals for a game go down without yeah. Austin Matthews. Okay, yes. they go from 3.42 a game with him to 3.14 without him. But the goals against that would suggest to me that knowing they are without their best player, yeah. with all due respect to Mitch Marner, who I like a lot, yeah. knowing that they're without their best player, I think maybe they kind of ratchet things up. Can they do that long term? Can they do that sustainably? Can they do that in the playoffs? Probably not. But I think in these short chunks, what that number tells you is they kind of make sure that they take care of their own end without the sniper in the lineup. Yeah. I, I do wonder if we – this isn't a conversation for today, but with Matthews being out the next three weeks, I think if Mitch Marner has a really good three weeks here, I think it's worth having the conversation of, like, is Marner the engine on this team? And we know Matthews, obviously, a prolific goal scorer. There's very few like him in the world. 
But I think if Martin does a lot of things, penalty kills, obviously, and you see this goal from last game, there's a lot of things that he does well, too. And I think he probably is a a massive part of why they've been able to more than tread water without Matthews over the last year. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. The engine of the team, like, that, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Like, you add more good players, you Mm -hmm. will be a better team. Yeah. Like, that that to me is, like, the more really good players that you have in your team, the better off you're going to be. I will say this. uh, Barkov is going to replace Austin Matthews on Alexander Barkov will replace Hmm. Matthews on the Atlantic Division All-Star team. That's just because he's at home, right? Like, William Nylander, a lot of Leaf fans are kind of sort of pissed off that it wasn't Nylander that replaced Austin Matthews, Leaf for Leaf. But, I mean, in the end, one, who cares, and two... <laughs> One who cares? Yeah, and two, they're doing it because Barkov's yeah. at home. Yeah, I think All-Star Leaf fans should probably just be happy that Nylander is getting some time to right, kick rest. his feet up, yeah. relax, and get ready for the stretch run here. Right. Uh, all right, Anthony Stewart coming up a little bit later. And get we'll ask home him more about the advantage. And yeah, which <laughs> apparently means a significant amount. Uh, let's talk about the Calgary Flames because what what is going on? They'll play the second of back-to-backs tonight in Seattle against the Kraken, a very good hockey team. But Calgary will be looking to bounce back from a brutal effort last night as they lost 5-1 at home to the Blackhawks, who had the worst record in the league coming into the game. The Flames have now lost three of their last five, and this team was expected to be a contender in the West. They're currently on the outside of the playoff picture. What's going on in Calgary? I know a lot of people are trying to find culprits. A lot of people are pointing towards the head coach and wondering, maybe, suggesting, pontificating on the idea that perhaps Daryl Sutter's act is wearing thin in Calgary. I have the answer for you. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. It's Jacob Markstrom. Mm -hmm. Jacob Markstrom was playing at a Vesna level last year. He is playing below replacement right now. Think about this. They have back-to-back games this weekend. Last night and tonight. They got dead last Chicago last night. And they have first place in the Pacific Seattle tonight. And they chose to start Jacob Marsham against Chicago. You know why? Because they're attempting to get him back somewhere close to where he was when he was at that Vesna-type level. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Look at Dan Vladar's numbers. Last 11 starts, he's 9-0-2. Has he, has he had a great save percentage? No. In those 9-0-2, Jesse, his save percentage is below 9. Yeah. The difference is, and listen, I don't think that goalies are on an island. I think that your defense core can help out your goaltending a lot. But the difference between last year's Flames and this year's Flames isn't Uberdo or Kadri or Kachuk and Goudreau. That's where it is. Yeah. Right in front of you. It's goaltending and defense and stopping other teams from scoring. Because if Dan Vladar has an 898 save percentage in his last 11 starts and he's still 9-0-2, your team's okay. You know what it reminds me a lot of? What? The Winnipeg Jets from a year ago. Yeah. And Connor Hellebuck uh, was not the same goaltender that we've become accustomed to seeing. He had an off year. And what do you know? The Jets missed the playoffs. It's not all him, obviously, just like it probably isn't all Markstrom. But those Jets were supposed to make the playoffs last year. Everyone picked them as Canada's best team. And now the Flames, who people thought were going to be about as good as last year, if not a little bit worse, are fighting for a playoff spot. So right. goaltending is just, it clearly matters a and lot. And it can change. Yeah. It can change. It can, and that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. But imagine that. 
Markstrom gets Chicago, Vladar gets Seattle. Yeah, but you, back to back. Your games. point, your point is brilliant about Vladar because it's a little bit of a mirage if you have that record, but that save percentage, like something eventually would revert back to the mean you think. So you got to get one of them really cooking here right. if you're going to make some noise. Or, or just that your team is better mm-hmm. and all you need is average goaltending and you'll win games. Yeah. Like, that's pretty crazy, too. It and, is. And remember, this is a Daryl Sutter coach team. Yeah. Like, known for defense. Johnny Quick. Not right now. LA Kings. Yeah, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Uh, all right, plenty more hockey talk coming up. Let's go to the Raptors, who will look for their third straight victory as they visit the Warriors tonight. Trips to Golden State always bring back good memories uh, or long-ago <laughs> memories, it feels like. Uh, even if it's a different arena from where they clinched the title in 2019, both teams look a lot different than they did back then, but the Warriors are still the defending champions. Do you think most Raps fans have closed the book on this edition of the team ever winning another title? Yeah, and it's an interesting contrast between Toronto and Golden State right now, whereas Golden State obviously is still looking forward to the rest of this year, even though they are middling at best at this point. Toronto is already moved on. In fact, we we had a poll Mm -hmm. online where we asked our audience, what should the Raptors' mindset be as the deadline approaches? And Rob Gronkowski's favorite number, 69%, say tank and start the rebuild. Like push for the playoffs is 15%. Reassess after the season. That's kind of like a stand pat. Figure out if you've got something mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. 15%. So even if you added them together, you're at 30%. That suggests, like, maybe there's something to hang on to here. And 70% of po- folks are saying tank and start the rebuild. It, it, it to me, I mean, listen, and I know the difference between Golden State and Toronto. So before you're right in, Steph Curry's still there. Kawhi Leonard is in L.A. That's a huge difference between the two teams. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me to see how far this has gone for Toronto. Well, luckily we don't have a show tomorrow to talk about it because if they win again tonight in Golden State, we had the conversation after the win against the Kings. Does this change things for you? We would be having the exact same conversation if they win again tonight in Golden State. Okay, so if they win again tonight in Golden State, we will re- <laughs> we'll, we'll close this poll Retweet and it. put it out again yeah, yeah. and see if we get any difference. I, I don't know. I think, I think the Raptors fan base has kind of dug their heels in. They're, they're ready for the flip. I don't know how much of a flip they're going to get, but they're ready for the flip, I think. It certainly does feel like that. A lot of that is probably just the, the beginning to the season was so rough. And people made up their minds then. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's go to the NFL here. Conference Championship Sunday is just two days away. Up first, it's the Niners and Eagles in the NFC Championship game. And then it's Burrow, Mahomes in the AFC Championship game as the Bengals visit the Chiefs for the second straight year. Two really, really good games, but which one are you most looking forward to here? I feel like the the Burrowhead game is getting a lot of traction uh, in the media. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious. You've got two great offenses. You've got two wonderful quarterbacks. One, probably the best quarterback in the game, taking on a guy who over the last little while has been as good as anybody on planet Earth in Joe Burrow. But for me... Defenses still mean something. And in Philadelphia, you are going to have the two best defenses in the game going toe-to-toe, and one of them will be facing a rookie quarterback who could be – we'll talk to Nate Burleson about this. 
the rookie quarterback that could be the best story of the weekend in Brock Purdy. And it's not the first time that Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts have gone toe-to-toe. So while Mahomes and Burrow is obviously a great story and maybe the top two quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I know Tom Brady's the GOAT, but he's not playing the same way that he has. Mm -hmm. You could probably make an argument that Mahomes and Burrow are the top two quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But in 2019, Brock Purdy at Iowa State, took on Oklahoma, and it was an absolute barn burner. The Sooners had a 35-14 lead, and Purdy led Iowa State back. He threw a touchdown pass with under 30 seconds to go to make it 42-41, and the Cyclones ended up going for two. Oklahoma intercepted the pass. And the final numbers, Hurts, 273 yards, three touchdowns, 68 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, so he accounts for five. And Purdy threw for five. So I don't think he'll be – I know he was Mr. Irrelevant. I know that everyone thinks that Jalen Hurts is the MVP candidate. But things like this matter. Like when you've already faced a guy – We'll talk to Nate Burleson about his East-West Shrine experience Mm -hmm. where he's at bowl – like you start to realize where you fit in. And for me, I feel like that game might – I mean, there's a reason I'm bringing it up on national TV. I feel like that game might play a factor in the confidence of Brock Purdy going in, even if it's a completely different level and a completely different defense. That said, I think the Eagles win, and I think they win well. Yeah, I think that's what most people think. And it's just starting to make me wonder, hmm, like we've been underestimating Brock Purdy this whole time, underestimate him sort of at your own peril, because right. who knows what Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to draw up. Yeah. You, know, you know what worries team. me about the Niners is the the banged-up backfield. Yeah, McCaffrey and Mitchell, because they can run the ball so well and do so many things out of the backfield, it, it lessens what Purdy has to do. Mm-hmm. And if they're really banged up, and we've seen they missed some they practices, both are this, yeah, usually banged up in some respect. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell's looked really good when he's fresh. Historically, yeah. yeah, when they're fresh, yeah. that's a good offense. Yeah. When they're not fresh, if they're not fresh against this defense, oh, second best wait. in the, this is going to be interesting oh, either way. So Still to fun. come, Anthony Stewart ahead of a special Friday hockey night in Canada. Leafs and Sens on the network. Lay the clicker down. We got you covered. After the break, the great Nate Burleson will join us as we continue to tee up championship weekend in the National Football League. We'll give you a few prop picks as well. Been warm on that. 9-2 so far in the playoffs. Tim and Friends Friday. Let's go. Dave Dickinson right in. Scores. Blackwell in. Lafferty scores! Did not see this coming. Nope, right? those two goals, 32 seconds apart. Do better tomorrow. We, we play back to back, so you got to turn around in a hurry. For sure. It's almost time, y'all. What a weekend we have ahead of us, and we're just a couple days away from finding out who is in the Super Bowl. 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, and the Chiefs for the AFC. As impressive of a W as you will see. This is Raptors basketball at its best. George Who knew he was Dutch? The windmill by George. Silicon Leafs send special Friday edition of Hockey Night in Canada. If you're wondering, Austin Matthews out again. Minimum of three weeks. Minimum 
of three weeks. We'll get more with Sean McKenzie and Anthony Stewart a little later on. But the penultimate weekend of football in the NFL is upon us. Two great offenses in the Bengals and Chiefs in KC again. The top two defenses in the league, Niners and Eagles in Philly. What's the dilly? Well, for that, we bring in one of the absolute best in the business, friend, countrymen. East-West Shrine Bowl Hall of Famer, Nate Burleson. What's going on, Nate Dog? What's up, baby? How you doing, man? Missed you last week. I'm glad you're back, and I appreciate that. Yeah, the newest inductee to the East-West Shrine Hall of Fame. I'll be there next week. What an honor, man. What an honor. Uh, well, we have, a, we have a kinship because they always invite two Canadians to that bowl game. I know you're a smaller school guy. You understand what that can mean and opportunities for people. So I'm right there with you on the Shrine Bowl, my friend. Yeah, it's, it's a great game. It was my first opportunity to really stack myself up against the top-tier talent in the country. Um, and I remember after leaving that weekend, that's when I thought to myself, if I had any reservations, I can let them go because I know I belong now. After going every single day head-to-head with some of the best in the business, right. I knew that I had a long NFL career ahead. That's awesome. All right, so let's get into the games for this weekend. And I... I'm going to be honest here. I just got video of the Eagles warming up to Creed. For those who haven't had the honor, uh, allow me to introduce Creed. Ooh. Oh, baby. To a place where blind men see. (laughs) All right. I bring it up to ask you, Nate. What's the best or worst song that has repeatedly shown up on Nate Burleson's team? I I know you were talking about this on Good Morning Football earlier today. I am reiterating it to give you a little taste. I always started emotional on my hype tape, then got stronger, a little bit more aggressive. Positive or negative, what music stood out to Nate Burleson on his hype tape? All right, so so here's the thing. You know, I would start slow as well. I would even go like R&B, even like classical music, and then it would reach this crescendo. It would be like, you know, hardcore rap, you know what I mean, a little bit of gangster rap, um, and then even some rock and roll. But you know what's wild, and I said this on my show earlier, Good Morning Football, um, there is one song that I played. But let me let me – before I get to the song – let me tell you how it is in the locker room, okay? So the NFL <laughs> yeah. locker room is dominated by black guys, right? I mean, right. it's like yeah. 75% of the league is black. So most of the time, whoever has the ox is going to have control of the locker room. And majority of the time, it's a black dude. But we did have a gentleman just about every team, White Boy Wednesdays, which means <laughs> any white dude in the locker room can grab the ox and he's going to do his thing. Now, sometimes you get that white boy that is like Eminem. It's all hip-hop. And you're like, damn, Ethan, I didn't know you get down like that. But majority of the time, you know, the white dude will get the ox and it's the country and rock. Right. So me, I'm doing it. I'm doing my thing. I'm a Seattle guy, so I got a little bit of everything. Nobody's surprised. But then they got to my song that... That shows up in my pregame playlist, and it was Britney Spears' Till the World Ends remix. (laughs) Now, there's only so many things you can do to stop the flow. But I don't know if it was the surprise of it being me or the fact that it was just Britney Spears. I remember Calvin, and Calvin don't ever say anything to anybody. He was like, hey, yo, who got the ox? And I was like, 
Yo, CJ, that's me, man. You know what I'm saying? And I had to have a conversation with Megatron, like, yo, just give it a chance. Give it a chance. And he did. And he nodded his head. So, yeah, for me, it's Britney Spears. Britney Spears. That's awesome. I had a little boys to men off the top of mind. I'm not going to lie. Got me a little emotional. Get me a little contemplative. What song, though? What song? Yeah, I, so my, I lost my brother, uh, and he was my football okay. inspiration. So it was so hard to say goodbye. And I, that was the start of mine. Every time I get a couple tears welling up, a little, little heart beating, and then slowly I would get into LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out, uh, the, the old classics. I had a little uh, Cypress Hill on there. Uh, you know, they had, they had a few I hype like songs. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not quite Ethan, but I'm halfway between them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start with Patrick Mahomes. We're hearing Ian Rappaport saying no injury, injury distinction. He is good to go. Um, but how much will his health affect this game? Doesn't it change things when you hear that Patrick Mahomes is walking around feeling good and even practicing? Yeah. Like, for me, I had this idea that this Bengals team, they were going to come in ferociously and just make him uncomfortable in the pocket. Listen, we were there last year at the AFC title game, and the Bengals were battling through and then pulled it out at the end. But I thought with him limping around like we saw, like we're seeing right now, it was going to be an uphill battle for him. But then we start hearing about him practicing full, looking good, with a smile on his face. If Patrick Mahomes is 100% healthy, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will win this game. Mm. Now, if he's a little bit hobbled and he can't expand the pocket like he does with his feet, which makes them so much more dangerous than just a traditional drop back, then I got the I got the Bengals. I know it's just one little thing, and it's a variable, and you're saying, Nate, are you telling me that the, the title for the AFC Conference game is hanging in the balance on Patrick Mahomes' angle, ankle? Yes, I am saying that. And it's okay for me to say that. I, I do believe that an injury like that can change the complexion of the game. Now, here's the thing. He could feel good right now. He's not getting tackled or rolled up on in practice. What happens if he does have a 300-pounder land on What What happens if, if the degrees drop from 30 to 20, and then in the fourth quarter it's like 15, and it's a little banged up, and he needs to move around, and he can't. And the DBs for the Bengals can jump the routes or the pocket collapses faster because he can't use his leg. Those are the little things that I worry about in this matchup. Uh, well, I do have an x-ray of the ankle if you want to see it. This tweeted out by Mahomes' trainer. Uh, we have a picture of, uh, there's a little dog in there. There's a little oh, dog in there, Nate. Okay. <laughs> with, with the okay. Mahomes hair, too, which I'm kind of sort of jealous of. <laughs> you had me going for a second. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Are those pins? Oh, no, no, that's uh, a dog. That's he a got dog. that dog in him. Yeah, I got that dog in him. All right, so I was thinking about Joe Burrow uh, and what he's done over the last little while. Like, Heisman Trophy, National Championship, great rookie year until he gets hurt, Super Bowl, and now a chance to go back. And you and I have had this conversation before. I even, I even talked to you about whether or not Mahomes is on the cusp of becoming the greatest of all time. Like, I think he's the best in the game. He might have some company at the top here in Joe Burrow. And if Burrow gets the best of them again, like, this, is, this might be the two best quarterbacks in the game right now. Yeah, it, it's wild to think that because – as people were whispering that during the season, I, I thought to myself, chill out, man. Like, let's show Patrick Mahomes some respect. His numbers are crazy. We know the markers that he's hitting at a much younger age than other quarterbacks. We know about the five consecutive title games and, and going to two Super Bowls, winning one. So we're giving Joe Burrow all of this credit because he's had the best of this team over the last few tries. That's cool, and I get it. 
I think Joe Burrow is thorough. I think he's Joe Shiesty. I think he's Joe Feisty. I think he's Joe Brr, Joe all that. I give him credit. Like, he does he does sit in that pocket like an old vet. When you hear the comparisons, like, he has a little Montana in him. Nobody bats an eye. I saw the, I saw the other day somebody making a full-blown comparison to Tom Brady, saying he is the second coming to Tom Brady. It was crazy for two reasons. One, they were talking like Brady's retired, which he ain't. And two, they was comparing Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. But with that said, I didn't wink at it. I didn't blink at it. I was just like, you know what? They got a point. But here's the thing, Tim. Okay, say he does win this game. But he needs to win the Super Bowl, though. Like, I can care less about him continue to beat Mahomes even in the postseason. I know Mahomes can win a Super Bowl. I know he can go to the Super Bowl multiple times and had more opportunities with the five appearances in the title game. So for me, I, I, I love the comparison, and I get it. Joe Burrow is good. But let's just give credit where credit is due. He's not touching what Mahomes has done in his career yet. Now, the ultimate argument for everybody at home, the facts are that the Bengals didn't have the same type of team that that, uh, that Patrick Mahomes has had going into his career. So let's just wait before we start giving all the praise to Joe Burrow. Let's see if he can actually get to the Super Bowl again and then win it. All right, I'm going to give you a hot take very quickly, and then we're going to move on. If Patrick Mahomes is 90% or less, Joe Burrow is the better quarterback in the game. I'm not even mad at that. Okay. I feel you on that 100%. I, I'm right there with you. All right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you and I talked about how hard it is for first-time starters to win in the playoffs. Brock Purdy could become the first quarterback rookie to start and win a conference championship and the first ever to win three postseason games. Is Brock Purdy the best story left in the postseason, Nate Burleson? Yeah. I mean, the Eagles are a good team. They were dominant all year. The, the, the Bengals, they're, the, they're the, the red-headed stepchildren, right? We know Patrick Mahomes is trying to create a dynasty. Those are all good storylines. Brock Purdy is a great storyline. And, and not only is he a good storyline, he's playing well. See, it's one thing to have this quarterback and him win games, but then it's question whether it's him winning games. You know, they, they have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. They I mean, we're that. not being dismissive of that. Nope. He has George Kittle. Cool. Yeah, we get that. But he also was playing without Debo Samuel for a while. Now having him back helps, of course. But Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, you had Trey Lance, Garoppolo, and then Purdy. Nobody. There wasn't one person. <laughs> one person. That said, when he gets that starting nod, they'll be where they are. And maybe if you talk to the team, they'll say something different because all of these guys said, oh, when he's playing in the preseason, he looked like a dog. Oh, when we had these moments at practice, he was out there cooking. Kyle Shanahan was like, I know exactly what I had in my 13 quarterback. Y'all did. So I understand inside out, they may see things different. But outside in, this is the best story. But with all that said, Tim, mm -hmm. he's had seven wins in a row, yep. right? He's only played on the road twice in Seattle, which is a tough place to play, but it was the Seattle Seahawks at the end of the season. Right. Also in Vegas, a team that was basically stumbling their way out of playoff position. So I don't think Vegas was really a tough test for them. He's going to Philadelphia, yeah. the city of brotherly love, where there will not be any love for him. <laughs> so this is the biggest test. Forget about them playing against that offense with Jalen Hurts and all of those skill players or that defense that wants to prove that they're better than the Niners team. What about that Eagles fan base? He's going to have to beat the 11 dudes on the field, but it's that 12th man, that 12th man in the, in the crowd that he's going to have to worry about, Tim. 
I agree completely. Listen, uh, I only got about a minute left here, but I, I want to talk about the Eagles for flashing, and I'm with you on the Niners' defense, one of the best I've seen in a long time. But I still think the only thing that can stop the Eagles is the weather. And I say that because they can win in a multitude of ways. They can win with their defense, too. They can run yeah. it down your throat. They can pass. And there was a moment earlier in the year they played the Titans and the Giants back-to-back, and they went off through the air in one of them and on the ground in the other one. You've been around good teams. You've been around teams that win championships. Uh, how hard is it to face balance like the Eagles have? You said it best. One week they're torching the skies. The next week they're running with their running backs along with Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts hasn't even really used his legs all year, so he's about to be fresh. It's tough when you face a team like that because you have to pick your poison. Yeah. What are you going to do, load the box and make sure they don't rush the ball? And if you load the box, eyes in the backfield, your linebackers, your safeties, corners are all looking in the backfield trying to stop the run. Then they go right over the top of you. So this is going to be a tough test. I agree. I don't think there's a weakness on this team. And specifically, there isn't a weakness on this offense. I just feel like only thing that can beat the squad is injury. And this is another quarterback that's dealing with some bumps and bruises. If he gets hit, if he gets rocked, which we know the 49ers love to be physical and he's limping his way through the third or fourth quarter, that might be a way for the 49ers to win. But if they're healthy, I think this is this is a tough task for Brock Purdy. Uh, we love our Fridays with Nate, but we have never been invited into the bedroom before. Hey, hey, well, listen, <laughs> hey, look, look, look. See how comfortable I am? You did. You see the you Eagles at home. Because yeah, I'm at home, yeah. and the Eagles going to be just comfortable. So 49ers, <laughs> you better watch out. Uh, this is kind of analysis that we, uh, that we look forward to each and every week. Thank you, Nate Dog. Of course, man. Good to see you all. Talk to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nate Burleson, and I do not have that many mirrors in my bedroom. I, don't, I mean, much. frankly, I don't know many people that do. <laughs> Just uh, tell it like it is. We've been warm, rather warm, on our prop bets that we have unleashed each and every Friday during the postseason. I know when I wasn't here last week, uh, another solid addition. So, We're Jesse. Cooking. We're cooking. Can you, uh, can you help? keep the cooking going yeah so throughout the nfl playoffs tim alluded to we've been giving out our favorite player prop bets for each game and so far it's nine and two record pretty good uh we got to see if we can stay hot of course so we've selected two player props we like for each game of the championship weekend but first remember that past success does not always equal future wins so please gamble responsibly i like that we searched through Bet Rivers, spent hours on research, and here is what we selected, beginning with Eagles, Niners. We like A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown. He wasn't needed much last week, and he wasn't too happy about it, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. So is A.J. going to get the squeaky wheel treatment on Sunday? We do think so. The Niners, meanwhile, have been vulnerable through the air, allowing the sixth most yards and seventh most touchdowns to wide receivers Number one defense, this right? season. So A.J. Brown. We like him to have a big game. Next, we like Brock Purdy's under 31 and a half pass attempts. The Eagles have a run funnel defense. They're first against the pass and 21st against the run, which means we expect the Niners to run, run, and run some more. Purdy has gone over 31 and a half pass attempts just twice in his eight hmm. career starts. Only thing that scares me about that is if they're way behind. Yeah, they Otherwise, might have to, I love it. They might have I love to the numbers, yeah. Yeah. The air raid. Uh, all right, let's go over to the Chiefs and Bengals. How about Isaiah Pacheco? Oh, this one I love. Isaiah Pacheco runs hard. Over 47.5 rushing yards. The rookie is coming off a 95-yard performance against the Jags and rushed for 66 yards and a touchdown in his Week 13 matchup 
with Cincy's fast too. On top of that, the Bengals have surrendered 328 yards on the ground over the past three weeks, so they can be gashed. Last but not least, we're going back to the well with Jamar Chase. He's been <laughs> good not? to us, yeah. cashing a prop in each of the last two weeks. Chase has 417 yards in three matchups with the Chiefs, the most by any player in a three-game span since Lance Allworth in the 60s. That's pretty big. Long yeah. time ago. He's also averaging 85.5 receiving yards in six postseason games. And if you think this will be a high-scoring game, which many do, then Chase will get his. So here's our four-player prop picks powered by Bat Rivers. Reminder to please gamble responsibly, and we wish everyone good luck. All right, let's hit the break quickly. And when we come back, a visit with Sean McKenzie, Scotiabank Arena, plus Anthony Stewart as we tee up the Sens and the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada, where Friday edition, but after the break... The new Rogers Center dimensions have officially been released. We'll fill you in and get your thoughts next, right here on Timmy. They're significantly different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are counting down to the Sens and Leafs in a hockey night in Canada on a Friday. Sean McKenzie, Justin Bourne on the way shortly, right here on Tim and Friends. We will break it on down, hockey fans. We got you covered. Meantime, huge news for Canadian soccer fans today as it was sure. announced that Copa America will expand its 2024 tournament to include six CONCACAF teams with the United States hosting the tournament. Mm-hmm. The 16-team field will feature the 10 South American teams plus the six CONCACAF guests who will qualify via the next Nations League cycle. If Canada can qualify, and they should, it provides world-class opposition and competition ahead of hosting the 2026 World Cup along with Mexico and the U.S. The deal also sees four Ball teams in the women's CONCACAF tournament yeah. and a new women's club competition. So, Tim, this is great news for Canada, right? Yeah, well, we're assuming here that Canada won't get, uh, Canada will get automatic berth in the 2026 World Cup, which means there won't be a qualifying for that mm-hmm. for Canada. And as you saw in this year's World Cup, they, they seem to be overwhelmed a little bit by maybe the competition, but maybe just the actual event and this will give them real juice games against real teams not just CONCACAF teams. Mm -hmm. You might draw Messi and Argentina in this tournament. You might draw Neymar and Brazil in this tournament. Whatever way it shakes down Canada is going to have real juice games in this tournament which is one of the two top tournaments in the world. It's, it's, it's such a good point about that. Three, I guess. The Euros, being, World Cup, right. Copa America. It's such a good point three. about being on the, the World Cup stage and how maybe the lights can get extremely bright. And you, mm-hmm. you think, like, was that the, the game where they clinched their spot in the World Cup? And it was crazy. And you think about the matches in Honduras and Mexico, and those are crazy as well. But there is something maybe a little bit different when you know that Literally everyone on earth is watching, watching yeah. your match, yeah. so I can understand that. Go it's look at penalty shot numbers in the World Cup and compare yeah. them to every other yeah. league, and you see what the world watching will do to people. Like, it is a mind bleep. Yes, no question. And I think Canada got caught up in that. This will help. It's amazing to see, and if you watch this show, you knew this was a possibility immediately after the World Cup. We thought this would happen. It has happened, and it's great to see. Well... 
Canada is going to be playing on a big stage, and so are the Toronto Blue Jays, who have new dimensions. Yeah, stage is changing. To the Rogers Center. Yeah. Construction continues with the upgraded and redesigned park on track to be in play for opening day in April. Today, the new field out, the new outfield dimensions were made official by the Jays, and it makes the park even more hitter-friendly than it already was. Timmy, no change to the distance down the lines, but the walls do go higher. In the power alleys, the walls are coming in. The yeah. left center is now 368 feet rather than 375, and right center becomes uh, 16 feet in from 375 down to 359, with the walls also being raised. So uh, just looking at that, what do you think? Uh, one is probably a pretty good thing that Teoscar Hernandez, though he has improved his defense over the last little while. You're not while, the only one to say and that. And Lourdes Gurriel mm-hmm. are no longer part of the outfield mm-hmm. because uh, it might have played a little bit of havoc, yeah. uh, given what we're seeing here. I-, I like the lower wall and center. I'm a big fan of home run robberies. But with the lower wall and center, we also have like a 14-foot wall in right center field. Like, there are some... Interesting dimensions here that'll make it a little bit more interesting, but I I want every wall to be able to be a home run robbing wall. That's just me, and that's the way a player's got to be because that was the game that I played when I played Jesse. A lot of responses about the dimensions. Yeah, you 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 risked it all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ann Wrightson says I'm in favor of it. We should witness some awesome defense and more doubles and more triples. Kevin Biggio hitting for another cycle. Uh, incoming Jackson I love it it's unique it's asymmetric the old wall was boring this adds much needed uniqueness mm-hmm. to the field itself yep. uh, John bad idea the game is far more interesting with distant fences more chance of triples doubles and base running home yeah, run derbies John, are boring you might get that with and the way, unsustainable you, you might get that with the way that the walls are shaped so you might get odd bounces and you might have top of the walls like that's not it's you haven't changed that you're going to get more home runs, without a doubt. And Dalton Varsho and the left-handed bats might be a little bit different, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get doubles and triples. You're going to have weird bounces. It's Yeah, it's quirky. There's yeah, no doubt about it's that. definitely quirky. And by the way, I, I did take batting practice once at Skydome slash Rogers Center. Okay. And I'm a lefty. Okay. And I couldn't pull it down the line. I'm just not a pull hitter, not a dead pull hitter. You got to make adjustments. Go, but I did yeah, go to okay. right center, and I one-hopped the wall on my best hit. Well, now there, that the wall yeah. is in, okay. do you think I can get one out? Is there video evidence out? of the one hop? There were people there. Ken Reed was there. Was the ball juiced? Was the bat corked? There, there was, was it a wood like bat? Hundreds of people there, Jesse. Oh, so just because you didn't witnesses. see it. Okay. I, do I lie to you? No, no, never. Like, why, why would you question no, that? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just double-checking. Huh? I'm just gonna get oh, the no, facts. Oh no, you're not double checking. Sometimes there is an insinuation sure. there, Jesse Rubinoff, that I don't frankly like. You never know it. You want to go and do batting practice with me? I'll do it. Can we get invited? Are we allowed I to? I'm saying it, jabroni. Oh, oh right, right, right. Pipe down, and we might have got an invite. Instead, Anthony Stewart next. I blew it. Oh, now the I eyes light it. up. Yeah, I'm good. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs, back here for one final half hour of the week. I'm Tim and friends before we head it off. Hockey Night in Canada 
on a Friday. Rob McLean and the panel take over. Immediately following us, Anthony Stewart will join us shortly from the Hockey Night studio. He might actually be coming over here, I heard. That would be fun. That would be fun. And a Leafs and Sens are across the country on Sportsnet. Coming up, speaking of those Leafs, big news out of Leafland as they announce that Austin Matthews will miss a minimum of three weeks with a knee sprain that he suffered on Wednesday against the Rangers. With more on that, we head live, Scotiabank Arena, and a regular this week. Sean McKenzie joins us. Sean, take it away. You guys can't get rid of me. It's my third time on this week. I'm sick of myself. I apologize to all of your loyal viewers. You are stuck with me here once again. But, Tim, as you mentioned, yes, an eventful morning at Scotiabank Arena. Yes. We good? Can I start? Can I can I go? <laughs> I, mean, I, I was just trying to add can to I, like, can make I conti- it conversational. Can I continue my diet yeah, you here? Got, you got news. Yeah, I was, I was trying to make it conversational. My bad. <laughs> just shut up, McAuliffe. Let's reset. Okay. <laughs> well, Tim, big news. Scotiabank Arena this morning as Austin Matthews, yes, is out a minimum of three weeks. Now, It's not the worst time for him to miss. A a couple important games coming up and then the all-star break and the bye week. But the exact severity of the injury, we're not exactly sure. We know it's a knee sprain. When it happened, we don't know. But here's what Sheldon Keefe had to say earlier on the latest update on Austin Matthews. To be honest, not not certain what specifically, you know, whether there's one specific incident or anything like that. I noticed him in a little discomfort a couple times through the game, but didn't. Didn't think much of it at the time, but he, you know, was still sore the next day. So they brought him for an MRI, and uh, there's an injury there. So take some time. Obviously, you're a different team. Um, I don't think you have to play differently, uh, other than just more opportunity for other people and expect them to step up and do their job. And everything that gives us success when Austin is in has to continue. So with Matthews out of the lineup, it means John Tavares moves up with Mitch Marner. Pontus Holmberg getting some top six minutes. He's on that second line center. Uh, It'll be Matt Murray going. Is he going because it's against his former team, the Ottawa Senators? Not necessarily. Sheldon Keefe said they've just been riding Samson off pretty hard for the last stretch here at home. So they wanted to get Matt Murray back in the net. And guys, now that those are updates done, you were talking about the new dimensions at the Rogers Center and all kind of, you know, Timmy hitting towards the wall. Do you want to hear my crazy and really, really stupid baseball idea? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I thought about this for a while. It's an awful idea. And everyone I tell it to, they say it's stupid. But I love it. And I have this platform. And I'm here. I believe, and I don't actually believe this. It's just a fun idea to think about. I believe that every team should have a man in the stands. A guy that they can, he wears the full uniform. And they place him in the stands and can take away a home run. So picture this, a big game between the Yankees and the Jays. Aaron Judge, he hits one out to left. And then there, battling the fans, is a Jays player. And he catches it out, game over. That's my harebrained idea. I love your reporting on hockey, John. <laughs> I I think it's great. I'm going to get so many tweets. But <laughs> Jesse, are you, you down with this? Hockey. I, it, yeah. This, I'm sure the Savannah Bananas do something like that already. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That, send that to the Savannah Bananas. Yeah, they might they might put that they'll, in. They'll yeah. pick it up for sure. And imagine a visiting player in the home building fighting off local fans to try to catch oh, that yeah. ball, oh, and he's got to get the out. It would be yeah. outstanding. Yeah, we also saw that when Aaron Judge was in town trying to hit a yeah. legendary <laughs> home run, uh, and it became a fight on this show, so we'll leave that alone. Sean, appreciate you doing this, and uh, <clears throat> stick to hockey.
This is what you get when you have me on three times in a week. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, there's Sean McKenzie, Scotiabank, Arita, Leafs and Sens coming up. And after the Leafs and Sens, it is the Flames and Kraken, nationally Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet West, of course. Flames coming off an ugly 5-1 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks last night and are six points back of the Kraken, who are now tied atop the Pacific Division. Speaking of that division, Vancouver not quite near the top of that one. Canucks hosting the Jackets and Rick Tockett's third game behind the bench. It has been an eventful two games so far for Mr. Tockett. You can see it regionally sports at Pacific, 7 p.m. local time. With more on the Canucks, let's send it to Dan Murphy in Vancouver. Dan? Tim, Rick Tockett's been behind the Canucks bench for two games, and already he's seen firsthand how wildly inconsistent this group can be. On Tuesday against the Blackhawks, a team below them in the standings, the Canucks were great defensively and dominated Chicago, rolling to a 5-2 win. The very next night in Seattle, a team above them in the standings, the Canucks were dominated. Maybe the most sound beating they've taken start to finish all season long. So the head coach still trying to figure out what he has in this team. What Taka does know is that Andre Kuzmenko is not going anywhere at the deadline because on Thursday the Canucks re-signed the Russian winger to a two-year $11 million contract. He's a popular teammate and the fans love him too. Why not? He has great production on the ice and a great personality off of it. He also has tremendous hair. I'm jealous of it, so Tim, you must be beside yourself. In town tonight, the Blue Jackets. That includes Port Moody's Kent Johnson. His first game as a Blue Jacket in his hometown. He was the overtime winner on Wednesday in Edmonton, and I believe that's a, the second big overtime goal he scored in that building. Yes, of course. He had the golden goal for Team Canada at the World Juniors in the summer of 2022. Tim? You can't just Tim me after that. That's a shot at my head. Yeah, that's shame that you can't respond. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've come... Uh, accustomed to the shots in my head. In fact, I've embraced this you have fat, actually very large it, noggin yeah. because uh, I had to at the age of around 24. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just came across something on the internet that, that I want to get um, our next guest, uh, Anthony Stewart's opinion on, but I figure I'd start with you first. Okay. Uh, well, that, not... doesn't, that doesn't sound very promising. What do you mean? I want to get Anthony Stewart's opinion on this yeah. as he busts in studio, but you'll ask me first? Yeah. Well, it sounds like I'm second fiddle to Anthony Stewart. No, but you'll understand why I have when I sh- when we take my computer. You'll understand why I have to okay. get Stewie's opinion on it. Okay. Uh, I came across this because uh, I think it was from Mina Kimes. You guys can take the computer anytime. And the question was, if you could have one pen for the rest of your life, obviously it's, we can't get to the computer right now. Can, can we take Jesse's computer, guys? I know we're uh, a little Scrambling. distracted because Anthony Stewart's there running in the studio. There you go. Uh, I've seen this before. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Anthony Stewart, the king of pens. Uh, watch your step here. I don't want you to roll an ankle. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Because the, the, yeah, we're, so I, we're I, embraced by the yeah. king of pens. Yeah. And I I'm know a, that there's no Bix here, obviously, which is the one that he would choose. But well, if you had the to last choose one, one, one. is seven a Bic? Well, it's not the, it's not the one that... You use and not the That's one. That's the last gift I ever. It's not get the Scarborough you. iPhone. Where's your pen that I gave you? It's actually in my car. I take it everywhere. It's, I go it's in my it. car. It is. That sounds the like dog ate my it's in my car. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the dog ate my homework for sure. Uh, you're, what you're talking about now is uh, what Stewie gave us both as a present uh, that I have held king. near and dear to my heart ever since. Oftentimes, actually on my heart, Stewie. In this pocket, just just as so. You can't and do that, eh? That's a Producers would be like, hey, you can't do that. No Poindexters. 
So that's Major, a visually, yeah. You know, I, I know that you're on like Hockey Night in Canada, <laughs> important stuff. But yeah, around here, suit on today. I got my <laughs> neck brace on. It's my first time coming in here. This uh, this done up. You look sharp. Thank you. You look sharp. Okay, so uh, Leafs and Sens coming up on the network immediately following us. I love the walk-in. I think that was pure class. Like I know, Goldberg. Uh, we walking were... in like Goldberg. <laughs> I was waiting for the smoke. <laughs> you, want, you want a little bit of music? Yeah, we should do that. Stewie's walk-in music. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. Um, I'm not going to ask you how big a blow Austin Matthews being out of the lineup is because you know he's a really good player. But what when you heard it, like, what did you think? What concerns you? Does it concern you at all? It's a bit concerning just based on the timing of it, right? He was just starting to hit his stride and scoring all those goals as of late. Uh, but, you know, he's a big, big part of this team. But the way that this team is constructed, it's the big four. Nylander's playing at an elite level. All-star, you know, I think he should have been there in his replacement. Uh, Tavares is playing great. Marner's playing at an elite clip right now. But, again, you're going to miss, obviously, his goal scoring, his leadership. He's playing an amazing two-way game this year for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for somebody else now to step up. You're seeing Yankroke on the second line getting some major minutes. Holmberg now. Oh, your you're going to see what stud. you have in him right now. He's stud. got five goals and 12 points. So. Called stud. Called him stud. Yeah, right? called stud. Him stud. I don't know what that was referring Bergie. to. I don't know. Bergie's Bergie? a stud, yeah. Okay. Bergie. Can we can we do something about hockey nicknames? <laughs> They're the worst in the business. Anyways, sorry. I, the, best, the best nickname in the NHL is a Hall of Famer, Eric Hall. They call him Hall of Famer. So That's good. It's a real nickname, not Bergie or Bergie. Jonesy or whoever the hell adding is. Stewie. 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 <laughs> no, I'm the man of many nicknames. I got a lot of nicknames. <laughs> Do, can we hear some of them? Or uh, Stu Monroe, Stuberto Drizzettini, <laughs> Stu. Uh, sorry, what, what, was the, what was number two? Stuberto Drizzettini. That was during uh, last World Cup. I, someone bet me I couldn't do 50 keep-ups, and I did it. So oh, nice. They dubbed me yeah. Stuberto Drizzettini, the, the soccer <laughs> legend awesome. from Italy. <laughs> uh, yesterday I played a clip, and I don't know if we have it, producer Thomas Dobby, the, the hit on Timothy Lilligren from yesterday. I, I played it for Jesse Rubinoff, and I asked his opinion, Stewie, and we had a little bit of a disagreement. We had a little bit of a tiff. Uh, it was from Wednesday. It was Keandre Miller hitting Timothy Lilligren from behind, and nobody does anything. Now, some suggested that I was making something out of nothing. Jesse told me they are what they are. What did you think when you saw this and the only – listen, I know that it wasn't exactly the heavy set dudes on the ice, but the only thing that happened was Mitch Marner came over and said, come on, dude, like, don't do that. The game's definitely changed, right? And I don't expect there to be a brawl, but, you know, if there's a player like Brad Marchand on the ice, what's he going to do? He's going to get in his face and let him know. Mm. Someone's going to be chirping from the bench. So that's an element that I think is very, very important, especially in the playoffs, being involved in the game. And, you know, I go back to our game in Owen Sound where Ken had his wheelie bag, but uh, you know, I was on the <laughs> ice with Lanny McDonald, and right. no one warned me that he can't stop. So when he's coming into you, he's going to run into you. So I'm out there playing like the heavyweight I am. Lanny ran me over, and I almost <laughs> fell. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to take it down a couple notches. So that intimidation factor is a big, big part. So if they know that they have that edge on you physically, they're going to use it, especially in the playoffs. So we're not talking about dropping the gloves or fighting, but if I know someone's by the bench that's going to be chirping or yelling and screaming in my face, I'm going to be like, uh, do I really want to go there at this time or just stick to playing the game? So uh, I don't like that stuff, but I know I understand people saying, you know what, I'm archaic, it's a dinosaur. But, again, there's got to be some response verbally or physically. Jesse, do you want to respond to that? Because I know that you, his, Jesse's response was basically they are what they are, and they've never been there. Yeah, well, I just, I just looked at who was on the ice, and I know that bunting people think is becoming sort of a, a pest that can respond in that way. But 
I'm just not sure it would accomplish anything. And a lot of times you end up retaliating and the one who retaliates ends up going to the box. And when your team is talented as the Leafs, like why would you do something like that? So that, that was my only thing. I don't think they have the personnel to try and play that way. And therefore, why do it? You know, I think you need a, a neutralizing factor, right? And, you know, Patrick Maroon and, and Corey Perry shouldn't really have an impact on a series. Mm-hmm. And but they do. they're, they're going to be doing this first round yeah. if they end up playing uh, Tampa Bay. So you need to at least have that someone that's going to actually answer, let them know that they're going to be accountable. It's not mm-hmm. about fighting. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, if you do that, well, maybe we're going to go and run one of your top guys. So that's part of the game, that intimidation factor. It's still part of it, the mental warfare, war of attrition, as they say. Uh, and, and it still has a factor because for me, you know, I made a living playing that physical game. And when I knew there was a guy that could probably beat me up or hold me accountable, I would not. I'd have to make that decision. Do I want this game to go like this? And if the answer was no, I wouldn't be throwing that hit or taking a liberty on another player. Do they have someone right now that can do that, or do they need to go get someone at the deadline? Well, Wayne Simmons. Well, you got Wayne Train, right? Um, and, and, and he's not a top six guy. Yeah, anymore. and he's not. But again, that's there's players that get you two, and there's players that get you through. And that was the plan when they brought him in here two years ago. That he's going to be a guy that um, you know steps in on the playoffs. So I know right now, yeah, he, there's other guys getting an opportunity, but I can see him now when push comes to shove. Look, look at this moment. This was a moment that brought the team together. He's a big. Uh, valuable member of the team that everyone loves him in the dressing room. He's a heart and soul type of guy. So to be doing this now after sitting 15, 20, 25 okay. games, I remember, man, I sat for 30 games. I'm like, I'm not even throwing a hit. Oh, so again, there's other players getting an opportunity. I like McMahon. I like Holmberg. So, but when push comes to shove, that part of the game has, it's, it's, it's a factor. Mm-hmm. And when you have guys like Maroon and Perry at this part of their careers taking over series or having an impact, that's, that's not good for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about this more going into the trade deadline because I wonder if they don't try and add someone who can play regularly that can do that, have you looking over your shoulder. Casey Jones. Uh, I, there you go. I was in Ottawa on Saturday, and I saw the Sens and Jets, and I've wanted more out of this Sens group for most of the year. I realize they've hit some significant injuries. Do you still feel like they're trending in the right direction? I think so. And Berkey, I learned a lot from when he was with Sportsnet. He said, for the fans, you have to sell wins or you sell hope. And this is the team, despite their losses, they're in most of the games. uh, And they're not getting pushed around intimidating. And they're letting the other team know they're in a game. You're seeing Kachuk set the tone physically. Here's a superstar in the league, still up there in league hits. He's not taking a night off. He's dropping the gloves. You know, you're seeing Austin Watson playing some heavy games. Giroux right now, he's not on a parachute contract. He wants to win. So... Again, I think Norris being injured is a big, big part of that. To bring Cat, I think, should be at 25, 30 goals right now. Uh, the defense is a little bit shoddy, but you add those right pieces in free agency like they're planning to do. I picked them to make the playoffs. So next year is a new year. I know the draft, they're going to have a great draft, but they're going to be a team in the future. You're looking at guys like Stutzela and yeah. Norris and you know, some of these guys. They're, they're, they're going to be superstars in the league, not just stars. Mm. So watch out three, four years down the line for the Ottawa Senators. I appreciate you coming in with the uh, with the neck brace on. And uh, after the show, uh, we're going down to Jesse's car. You should bring a camera. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go down Bust to Jesse's him. car. Bust and him. we're going to check out if that was there. Thanks, Dewey. Thanks a lot. Uh, Anthony Stewart, everybody. He will be a part of the coverage tonight. Time for one last break. We will get you to game time. Ahead of Hockey Night, Leafs and Sens coming up right here on Sportsnet. It really is a mic. Season 7 of the Chevrolet Good Deeds Cup is underway and entering is super easy. And this year, no good deed goes unnoticed. Until March 4th, we are challenging minor hockey league teams 
across the country to do as many good deeds as they possibly can to fill the cup. The more good deeds your team does, the better chances are to win $100,000 for their charity. Post your good deeds on social with the hashtag GoodDeedsCup and the hashtag contest. Make sure you tag at Chevrolet Canada. Again, at Chevrolet Canada to make sure that your good deeds are counted. For more information, go to ChevroletGoodDeedsCup.ca. We always, hope that they, we always hope that your game day starts with Tim and Friends. Here's what's on tap tonight. And a reminder, Hockey Night in Canada will follow us in mere moments from now. Sends and Leafs on Sportsnet later. The Flames and the Kraken. Also, nationally, Sportsnet 1 and locally, Sportsnet West. Canucks and Jackets are on Pacific regionally. While the Bucks and Pacers, you can see some Canadians taking on the Bucks in Sportsnet. All right, let's dial it in for game time. Two teams in the thick of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes meet in Vancouver as the Canucks host the Blue Jackets. Columbus currently has the worst record in the NHL after Chicago's win over Calgary last night. Meanwhile, plenty of rumors circulating around the Canucks as we approach the trade deadline. And today, Irfan Gaffar tweeted, if you're a GM and you want to improve your hockey club, you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't call the Canucks on Bo Horvat. That said, the price is steep, and there have been over a handful of teams with very serious interest, especially within the last week. End of quote. ESPN's John Butchagross replied to that tweet with this picture of Shane Wright. Huh. Do you think the Kraken would give up Shane Wright yeah, that's, that's, already? Yeah, that's that, well, I, that but already, like, what does that mean? That's what you give up. You give up first-round picks. If you want a guy like Bo Horvat from a team, those are the kind of things that you would have to give up. I'm sure folks in Vancouver like hearing that name. And listen, they've had success without Shane Wright. If you want a guy like Bo Horvat and his 31 goals, you've got to give up first-round picks, whether they are future first-rounders or previous first-rounders. I wouldn't be surprised that if the Kraken wanted to make a move and kind of sort of makes sense that Shane Wright wouldn't be part of the package that Vancouver would be asking for in return. Seattle would be very scary with Bo Horvat there. Do you think they're ready? Well, that's the only question about Seattle. Like, they're first in the Pacific, but if you look at the division, it's really, really tight. Do you actually think that they are ready to take that next Seems step? like it's a different quality of player than when Vegas made their run very early in their expansion. They well, felt like there were bigger team. names. And yeah, because they're, this is a balanced scoring. Yeah. Speaking they just keep scoring. coming at you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Kraken, they host the Flames tonight. Seattle announced today that rookie forward Matty Beneers will miss the next two games after a cross-check from Tyler Myers on Wednesday. No word on if it will impact Beneers going to next week's All-Star game. Beneers is the NHL's leading scorer among rookies and a heavy favorite to win the Calder Trophy, which... We've mentioned Tim has uh, futures on, I believe. I know you may have a vested interest in this, uh, but is there any way he doesn't win and you win your bet? I don't understand why Logan Thompson is still that good of value. Like, there, there are a couple guys. Maybe I'm just worried because at the start of the year I did throw some uh, Larjean on Matty Beneers to yeah. win Rookie of the Year because I had watched him uh, as a junior and I had watched him in preseason and thought, like, this guy's playing at a very, very high level. Why not sprinkle here? But 
he's an overwhelming favorite. There are others that still have some value on yeah. that board. And maybe it's just because I'm worried. And he's going to, like, he's going to want to play in the All-Star game, right? Like, a rookie would never turn down the mm. opportunity to play in an All-Star game. And after seeing that, like, I don't know if that's the best idea, but... Kochikov was on fire there for a bit, and then yeah. Freddie Anderson came back, and they sent him down, so he's probably out of the running. So that's one less thing for you to worry about. Yeah, that's, luck that's an interesting one. All right, uh, Oilers are off tonight ahead of tomorrow's matchup with the Blackhawks. Earlier today, though, some lucky fans in Edmonton had the opportunity to get their pictures taken with some players at Oilers Photo Day. Check out what happened when an opposing fan tried to kind of slide in next to clean Costa. That's planted. Is that planted? Like he's, so, a, he's a planted Oilers fan is what you're saying? Yeah, you you can't just switch allegiance that quick nor show up in a... No, he's in trouble. Like, uh, people who he goes to games with, like Calgary Flames fans, not going to be happy. They, Family, not going to be happy. Yeah, if it is if it is in fact a Flames fan who just put on <laughs> We're so an Oilers funny. jersey... We assume everything's a I'm plant. I'm so skeptical. Yeah, <laughs> I am absolutely positive. <laughs> so so, everything's a plant. When everything's I first paid. saw Costin, yeah. I saw the video very quickly on socials and I asked him to get it in the show. I thought it was just Costin said I'm not taking the picture. So did I. And I thought it was very so cool. But yeah. the guy putting on the jersey, cut yeah. or uncut, that's cut. That's definitely cut. Yeah, you just Battle walk away. Bird, you don't like, get the picture. It's a number one rivalry in the NHL. You don't do that. No, you don't do that. That does it for us. A reminder. Hockey Night in Canada with Ron McLean and the panel is up next. Don't touch the dial. Leafs and Sens coming up in a battle of us. Speaking of battles mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you wouldn't do that with a Sens and a Leafs jersey battle of us. Well, you never know anymore. As we leave you, let's take a look back at the week that was right here on Tim and Friends. Because, Jesse, I don't know if you know this, but it's Friday. And then it's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday. It's Friday, then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday, then. So let's get it done, Brooke Henderson. From the top of the domes, of course, Priest Holmes. Let's get on track while he's early at. Well, let's make it clean, Eric Butterbean. He used to play with Butterbean all the time in, uh, in fight me. night. Okay, finish that sentence quicker, please. If you love sports, this is your spot. We bring on our friends and we talk about sports. Friend of the show from time, fam. From time, PK Subban. I'm here for the vibes. Yeah, we're just I'm here you guys for the immaculate vibes, my G. No, but notice you had on Cabby a minute ago, my dude, Sean. Have you ever <laughs> placed a bet you have never wanted to go through? Anyhow. Can you stick around for the entire 30 minutes? All 30 contractually. I love it. In. Tim, I got to say that 30 minutes of Ken Reed is 29 minutes too much. You went to an alumni game with a wheelie bag. You him out of Owen Sound. He's not welcome back. Uh, I think that's your pride's in there, too. I can My see pride it. is in there. That's an extra coach. It's empty. Ken Reed, if you're watching right now, are you okay with a video tribute? <laughs> For Johnny Hockey. The answer is no. We missed you up in Owen Sound, but good news, we did do a video tribute for you since you weren't there. You did? Did you ever know that you're my hero? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.